Well, first up tonight, let's head north, way north. And that's where the Prime Minister toured NATO's Secretary General today. They visited a military radar site in Cambridge Bay, Nunavut, marking the first time any NATO chief has visited Canada's Arctic. They also watched Operation Nanook in Canada's Northwest Passage, the first time Trudeau has attended. Uh, the Prime Minister, the operation has been held every year since 2007. It involves military aircraft and warships and hundreds of armed force members training in an Arctic environment. Now, senior Canadian and NATO NATO officials say the visit is meant to highlight that the region is a security priority in light of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and, of course, issues related to climate change that are changing accessibility to the far north. Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland says the visit uh, is to highlight Canada's commitment to the area. In our budget in April, we meaningfully increased our spending on defence and Canada is very committed to defending our Arctic and to working closely with our NATO allies. Christia Freeland in Edmonton today. Meaningfully increased our spending, committed to defending the Arctic. Those are big words. Joining me now with more on this is Rob Hubert. He's an associate professor of political science at the University of Calgary and a senior research fellow with the Center for Military Security and Strategic Studies who specializes in Arctic security. Thank you for your time tonight. Welcome back. Oh, it's always my pleasure, Ben. Very committed very committed, meaningful increases in spending in defending the Arctic. Uh, those are some big words. Tell me what. Tell me about the timing. Why is Jens Stoltenberg, the NATO Secretary General, making his first ever journey that far north in our fair country? Well, I mean, there are two main reasons why they're doing it. Uh, I mean, Stoltenberg is trying to demonstrate NATO solidarity overall. So we're seeing, you know, to put it in the proper context, we are seeing him going to various NATO countries, and it's to demonstrate to the Russians that we are, in fact, of one mind. And so uh, the northern dimension is, of course, of critical importance. And so that is a very important element, the photo op to the Russians, hey, we're in this all together. I think also, though, there is a little bit of a concern on the part of NATO, just in terms of what Canada is doing. And so having this sort of corresponding with the fact that this is the biggest military exercise that Canada does in the north, gives them a reason for being there, but it also gives them an opportunity when, um, when media is not present in a more private setting to remind Canada that, in fact, that all of the other northern NATO alliance members, and including what is expected of Sweden and Finland, have definitely improved and extended both their capabilities and their focus on meeting the Russian threat. So in this case, not just a visit to uh, bolster Canada's uh, commitment, but also a look-see for NATO. Uh, why does Canada need reminding of this? It seems like something we should be uh, fully aware of. Boy, you would think so. I mean, once again, I mean, I listen to I listen to the various members of cabinet speaking in terms of what we've done, and they won't even be open about whether or not the funds, for example, in June, the $4.9 billion, um, does that represent new funds or is that just part of the $8.1 billion that was promised in the budget? Um, they've been asked that directly by some of your colleagues in the media and have not been able to answer that. And you would think that if uh, we had those strong words that, uh, that uh, Deputy Prime Minister Freeman offered, that if we were so committed, they could say, no, this is all brand new money. And instead, they seem to be focusing on the 20 million that they have, or 20 billion that they have promised over uh, 20 or 40 billion over 20 years. But of course, 
I mean, that's, that, that's nonsense. Nobody can, knows what the next government is going to do, and you simply, that isn't how defense works within Canada. So there's a lot of sleight of hand. There's a lot of uncertainty. And if she's so committed, if she's so certain, why hasn't she gotten back to the, 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 the individuals uh, that have been, in fact, questioning them and saying, is this new monies or is this just simply that $8 billion over the six years? And she, well, they, they don't seem to have an answer for that, which you know what the answer is then. Well, of course, because everyone who does this for a living knows from both sides of this fence, whether you're a reporter or in government, the first question that's asked when anything is announced is, is this new money? And yeah. normally they have an answer unless it isn't. Yep, no, exactly. And if you go back to that June meeting, this is the part that's so troubling. And I mean, if 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 the average Canadian can watch, and I mean, there were your colleagues, there was uh, Mercedes Stevenson from Global, Murray Brewster from CBC, and they pressed the minister on that, said, look, is this new money? And you could see that at first she says, yes, absolutely, it's new money. And then she backtracked. And even General Ayers wasn't able to answer that question. And I've seen no clarifications at this point, which tells me that is probably not new money. That is just simply coming out of the $8 billion, which means, okay, so uh, what aren't we doing that we promised we would do back when the budget was released? So you think this was likely more pressure being piled on uh, after Russia's invasion of Ukraine and simply wanting to look like uh, we were wanting to make a nice flashy announcement using money they had already announced? Oh, absolutely. Hey, you, you won't even take it one step further. I mean, okay, this just shows you how nerdy I am, but um, I went and checked the, um, uh, the, uh, the serial number that they had on the F-18 that she was using as a backstop. You remember she made the, the yes. speech at the at, uh, Bowdoin, uh, and there was an F-18. That F-18 is one of the leftovers that Australia sold us. Remember, we wanted to show that we were doing something and not buy the F-35 that was back in, you know, when Trudeau had said, no, we'll never buy the F-35. And instead, we went out and spent, I don't know how many billions on buying basically what, you know, our Australian leftovers as they move for F-35s. And it's one of the Australians, not even one of ours. So it gives you an idea, just, you know, sort of like, okay, that's... 1980 vintage, and, and that's your backstop? Uh, speaking of vintage, um, certainly our northern defenses are vintage, to say the very least. Uh, how are we doing on upgrading those? And certainly I imagine the NATO Secretary General is going to want to know uh, what's happening with our, with our northern uh, security shield, so to speak. No, absolutely. And once again, you know, the promises and the rhetoric are, are well thought out. There's no question that somebody in D&D is, of course, going through what we truly need. And we saw this very clearly stated. This is what was going to happen when the Liberals released Strong Security Engage, which is their defense policy. But here we are in 2022, and we have to go through what was promised. One of the first things was a replacement for the uh, CF-18s. Uh, um, and, of course, where are we now? Yeah, we're negotiating with Lougheed uh, Martin. Uh, negotiating. And of course, that actual notice that we're negotiating contained the important clause that if we don't like what we're negotiating, then we're going to reopen the program. <laughs> it's just sort of like, how many times are we going to do this? So nothing on, on, on the fighter replacement. And like I said, you know, as well as I do, you know, we bought those in 82. Would you drive a car? That's from 82. 
we've done nothing in terms of new monies, presumably, for NORAD modernization. Now, once again, she did announce in the June meeting, the defense minister did announce that we are going to be upgrading uh, the North Warning System and specifically named two over-the-horizon systems that we would be bringing along to replace the existing northern uh, uh, northern uh, uh, search system, but also one that then goes to the northernmost in terms of the, the archipelago. So they have said that. They have said that we're going to be investing in a missile system, presumably for our new aircraft, but the development of that is going to take a long time, particularly since it's geared against the hypersonic threat, which is incredibly dangerous but incredibly difficult to shoot down. So those were specifically noted, but once again, the reality is even if the $4.9 billion, and you have to take away the $2 billion that they say is for amortization, whatever that means to them. Um, so, But even if we take them at their word that it's the full $4.9 new funds over six years, uh, $1 billion a year, anyone to come close to meeting just those three things. And, of course, he also said that they were going to do a whole bunch of stuff in terms of infrastructure, in terms of new capabilities, et cetera, et cetera, none of which seems to have been documented. None of it seems to be real money at this point in time. Rob Hubert is our guest. He's an associate professor of political science at the University of Calgary, a senior research fellow with the Center for Military Security and Strategic Studies. We're talking about the NATO Secretary General. He's in Canada for a few days, and uh, his first major stop is up north, way up north uh, in Nunavut. They're doing, uh, he's with the Prime Minister. Uh, they're checking out our security systems or apparatus up north, as well as a, a view of uh, Operation Nanook, which is a, an annual military exercise which takes place in the Arctic and has for the past 15 years. We've been talking about about Canada's um, sort of cryptic amount of investment in making sure that our uh, Arctic is safe uh, and secure. Um, Rob, we've talked about this before, and we don't want to sort of overstate the threat of Russia, uh, but it is a threat. Uh, you know, it's not a threat of, of, you know, it's not Red Dawn, it's not soldiers coming across, but, you know, there is a threat there. Are we, are we awake enough to it? No. And I mean, I got to push back on two, two, two things you did say. We don't want to overstate the threat. The threat is involving nuclear weapons and their use. I don't know how you soft pedal that, to be perfectly honest. And I'll explain right. that in a moment. The other thing, just before we broke for commercial, you said, of course, the six-month anniversary of the Russian invasion. And, I, and I've, I've got to take you a little for task for that, because that is the... That is the government's position, that the war starts in February. But remember, the war, actually, the anniversary is an eight-year, six-month anniversary. Yes, I, I was starts. there when it started. I was in Ukraine when it started. So, yes. Yeah, I remember we, us I talking call it the, about it. So shame full, on you for getting scale, that the, wrong. The full-scale invasion of, uh, of Ukraine. Yes, A seizure of, of the scale of Crimea in, in Domas, that's, that's pretty full-scale to me. It is indeed. It is indeed. Um, nonetheless, it did it was a re, another awake, you know, another wake-up call for the West, I think one that maybe wasn't paid enough attention to in 2014. No. Uh, this current, this further invasion, let's call it a further invasion, has certainly, uh, you know, woken people up to, to the real threat that, that Russia poses. Well, I mean, what is awakened to? And this is why I don't think we can soft pedal it. I mean, I so strongly disagree when I hear General Ayer saying, well, there is no real threat because they'll never invade. As you so correctly pointed out, it's not a land threat. It's the aerospace and maritime threat. And what the problem is, is that since taking power, Putin has more or less followed a development program or, or authorized that has given an increasing capability and focus, not only on having conventional forces, and there's all sorts of criticisms, of course, that are occurring right now as we watch them in the second phase of the Ukrainian war, 
but they've given a huge focus on their nuclear weapon capability. And if you start combining that with some of the statements that Putin has had, some of the policies the Russian overall security orientation has, and then you start saying, okay, what do you need a hypersonic for? What do you need a Poseidon torpedo system or an Avogard hypersonic? I mean, these are all the new delivery systems that are being introduced. And it's not just to, to fight conventionally. It's not to deter in traditional terms of, uh, of deterrence. It's to give you the ability to have that first strike with nuclear capabilities and to strike an enemy so you can't respond. And you put that two and two together and you start saying, OK, well, Putin, since seizing power uh, back in 99, has used mili- military power about every eight years. He has a war. It was against the Chetnians first, then it was the Georgians, then it was the Ukrainians in, in 2014. So you got an aggressor state trying to figure out how to build up systems of nuclear war fighting capability. And you have them threatening against the interests of the West. Well, it doesn't take you know, any type of a soothsayer to really see the danger here that, in fact, we have a leader here who is thinking about how do I use nuclear weapons to achieve my overall objectives. And Russia is certainly not alone. You know, China has its eyes on the Arctic, too, even though it's not an Arctic nation, technically. Uh, So there's lots of interest in what's happening in our north. Uh, We seem to be the only ones. I mean, it's not that we're not paying attention to it, just not paying enough attention to it. Well, we would much prefer that everybody else sort of takes care of it. I mean, we didn't even get to talk about the uh, the undersea fact that we just basically, there's a rising submarine threat that the Russians have. And basically, we are relying on the Americans to take care of all of it. And, and, and let's, let's just pretend that it's not going to happen. Um, you know, uh, in terms of the aerospace danger that I'm talking about, the Russians have about 18 retroactive or new bases that they have militarized since about 2007 when they start doing it. You compare that to the fact that we have one refueling site that we have not been able to, um, to, to get up and running at uh, NanoCivic. And, and you start saying, okay, are we taking anything here? serious on on our northern capabilities sorry my uh, my dog milo, milo your dog completely agrees with your assessment of this i believe <laughs> yeah so i and we look at how much the danes the norwegians the Finns, the swedes have all been working together improving their surveillance cap- capability every one of them with the exception of the swedes is buying uh, the or having the f-35 so there's a unity and they've all been working with the Americans really closely. The Norwegians allow uh, American nuclear-powered subs not only to come to Bodo, which, of course, is something that they didn't before. They're also giving uh, uh, retrofitting their capabilities to actually service them to a limited degree. This would be unheard of before. But it illustrates that our allies are very serious about it and, quite frankly, our focus is on constabulary. It's on search and rescue. It's on 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 re- responding to the communities. All of which is important, but it doesn't meet this threat of this aggressor state that is thinking about how you use nuclear weapons to achieve their objectives, and those objectives are against us. I'm sure Jens Stoltenberg will have uh, something to say on that after he's had a look. Uh, Rob Hubert, as always, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's always my pleasure, Ben. Sorry about the dog.